Welcome to A Bed With Stev. Hello, konnichiwa. Special message at the beginning of the episode just to tell you my new album, Road Trip 3, is coming out June 28th. Not long to go. You can check out all the singles on Bandcamp and you can pre-order on there and on iTunes. This album is pretty mint. I think it's my best collection of songs for like 10 years, written on acoustic guitar in lockdown, you know, with depression and going on the walks and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of, I wanted to get a snapshot of that and it's kind of a road trip in that I was walking on, you know, about six, seven miles a day, doing a hundred press-ups and writing songs. So a pretty good period on reflection, but you know, a snapshot of what was going on. Like the first two road trip albums I did, which were in my 20s and were my first attempts at recording my own songs. Lots of love, see you soon. Check out Road Trip 3, coming soon. I love you, bye. Mac and me. Right, what we're going to do now today, mate, is a special edition of Mac and Me, live on the streets of Dublin, Ireland. We're going to see Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, tonight. You're going to be with a babysitter, though, but I could have taken you. So, yeah, there's no letters to read, but it's just a general update. Anyway, mate, so Jason Trachtenberg's today's episode. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. Me too. Any messages for our listeners? What about my new EP? What do you think? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Wait some more. Check it out on all the streaming platforms. That was a bit loud, wasn't it? That was a bus. State of the world's all good. Heading into summer. Let's hand it over to me and Jason Trachtenberg. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of town. Get out of town. You fucking jerk. You fucking jerk. Get out of town. You fucking jerk. It's gonna be alright. Welcome, hello, I'm here with Jason Trachtenberg, all the way from the City of Dreams, New York City. Jason, how are you? Doing really good. I was just, um, this is just for the purposes of the interview and for purposes of information. I was juggling 10 songs at once between uh, for the last hour. A little bit of this one, a little bit of that one, a little bit of this one, this notebook here, this notebook there. This pen's no good. Let's try this pen. Wait, what's this sticky stuff on the paper? 10 songs at once, but it's it seems to be the new way I'm doing it. Uh, and I'll let you know how that goes. At least, at least get one or two of them done. So is this on the, is the new record, I Really Love You Tonight? It's I Really Love You Tonight. It's a yeah. concept album. It's 16 songs. It's on Bandcamp. I, and and I, I do have actual physical copies of the CD. I also do cassette tapes as well too. You, you, have a, you have a young child, right? I do, yeah. That's why, do you know, Jason, I have a sneaky suspicion that you're exactly the person I need to talk to today. I went outside before this interview and I listened to some of this album and it really helped me out. Aww. So I just want to ask, 
how do you find your your positive vibe well, if I, just, with that in mind you help me thank or you can you, yeah as far as positivity I have my ups and downs just like everyone else. Um, it's something I do consciously work on. My wife, Tina, also known as Mother Pigeon, is a very, very positive person as well, too. She doesn't have all these, you know, mental avalanches coming down like, like, like a lot of us do. And so she's quite a good inspiration in that. I've become a more mature person as a result of her. I, I think um, I think about back times with certain life events, like where where was I at 10 years ago, you know, when we had a situation with our dog or or, you know, when we were doing this with, with our family band and just how much I've matured since, since then. I think getting good sleep is really important as well, too. I do hit the gym every day. Do you? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and you and walk dogs, which is like, that's good for your mind, isn't it? It gets it, the it, mind moving. Dog walking is my jobby job. I've been doing it for 25 years. <gasps> the only time I have not done the dog walking was when we were doing the family band for those six years. And I didn't have to have a day job for, those, for that time. Yeah. Um, being a professional musician is not work. Mm. it's a vacation mm. it's a paid vacation you get paid five thousand dollars just for waking up in the morning and i would welcome that opportunity again so when you when had that gig we we, we were a family band we we're the trackenberg family slideshow players oh, and wow. it was it was it was a family band we had we had a really great run and you know and people would be doing everything for us you know uh, all the all the shows would be set up all the interviews would, would be set up. there'd be interviews uh there, there'd be you know agents and bookers and it wasn't work like i said it was, it was a paid vacation Right, let's get on, because so, I've got loads of questions. Random. So I don't usually have musicians anymore. This is supposed to be a comedy podcast, but Jason, you're so good, honestly. So the round is Jason. Who's your favourite Jason? <laughs> or your favourite other Jason, if you love yourself? Oh my nice. gosh. That's the cool thing about having a name like Jason Trachtenberg, mm. is there's really... It's so Googleable. Well, you're JT, like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, or, or James Taylor. James Taylor, yeah. He was the original JT. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I mean, it, with, without being self-serving, I think I am my favorite Jason. But if, if there, if if Cole Porter was named Jason, I'd say Jason. Yeah, I, I, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, can, uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> if you I, attended a Jason convention. What would you like to be the venue and who would be the host? Is this a convention? Self-serving. <laughs> this is a convention me? where everyone's called Jason. Oh my gosh. I mean, I know this isn't in line with your artistry or anything. No, no, it's, it's <laughs> totally fine. I, 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 I appreciate the, um, the, the, the effort put into this. Um, I don't know if it'd be that much of a convention. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it'd just, it'd just be just be me and, and Justin Timberlake, but Justin Timberlake, and he shouldn't even be there. No. Oh, uh, Justin Timberlake would host it. I guess so. I I I, I don't really know. I, I, just as long as I get a free pass, I guess you know a, a free ticket. But you don't care what the venue is. Uh, so, some somewhere clean, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. You know, I'm not into these dirty, dirty convention centers. You know, yeah, not, not a convention center. Somewhere, um, maybe like a um, a, a solarium, like with a, uh, something where the sun comes in and there's a lot of plants. Hmm. And and a and a, a nice a nice place to get tea, like a garden center. A garden center, yeah. Yeah, that'd be my choice. The Jason convention. Maybe yeah. this should, could be a gig. You'd have to yeah. find all the other Jasons, though. I, I'm still looking for the second one. So, Jason, you can be de-aged twenty years, but 
but in doing so, everything that exists or has been achieved by you in the past 10 years would be immediately erased. Will you do it? I will, because I have de-aged by over 30 years, regardless of whatever formula you're implying. Uh, I am a cellular regenerationalist and a, a DNA uh, adapter, as far as things go. I do. I am proactively reversing the aging process with a lot of my dietary I'm also taking a course in plant-based nutrition as well, too. So I'll, I'll take you up on that one because for every 10 years you, you've taken off the disappear, I've put another 20 or 30 on. So that's okay. So you're confident with that? Yeah. And also I think I've made so many missteps in show business that I had to do this because um, in order to make up for, for some of the silly stuff I've done, I had to take back the last 20 years anyway and add another 30 years on. So yeah, I'll, I'll take you up on that deal. So what does that mean? Well, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have my the work that I because I've written three musicals in the ten years and at least a couple hundred songs, most of some of which are are standards. And and so, I wouldn't want those stuff to disappear just for everyone's benefit. But just as far as the age thing, so there's three ages. Okay, your chronological age, which is the one I, I believe we're talking about in this discussion. You know, I'm 50, 53 years old, right? And then, then there's your biological age. So in other words, you know, they would take samples of your of your hair and your, your fingernails. And say, okay, we'd put this under a microscope. Well, let's see, well, due to your cellular structure, you're actually only 25. Due to the, due to the decisions that you've made, both positive and negative, uh, you've actually, or, you know, you know, say someone who, just, who has like French fries every day versus someone who has steamed potatoes with olive oil every day. You do it once or twice, it's not gonna make any difference, but you do it, you do it every day for 30 years, Someone's going to get 10 extra years. Someone's going to lose 10 extra years. That's a 20-year net difference right there. Then there's the third age, which is the maturational age. How mature are you? How do you handle certain situations? That's the one that I'm, that I'm, that I'm slowly catching up with where I should be at. So chronological, you know, the numbers are definitely packing on. Biological, they're coming off. Maturational, I'm making progress. Mm. Is, is that a fair answer? So you are physically actually doing the 20 years anyway and keeping the 10 years so you overcome the predicament overcompensated yeah overcompensated yeah. yeah so yeah i'll take you up on that Let's right i've it. got a big one for you now here we go who killed jfk sure it was you know you know i have a background in this right yeah, yeah. okay okay I was, I was that's why i'm like opening my okay. wine so, yeah so it's certainly most importantly it was not lee, lee harvey oswald right most importantly it physically not. it wasn't him he didn't no. pull the trigger. No, he did not pull the trigger. He was involved with some of the mofos who were mob related and CIA related, uh, army intelligence related. He was connected with them, but he was set up as a patsy, like he said in that, like he said in that very quick, uh, you know, snippet of film when he's being led away by the Dallas police. You know, I'm just a patsy. You, you, you've seen that that, that clip before. Mm -hmm. um, he knew what he was getting involved in, and in fact, he was actively actively trying to stop the assassination as well too from the inside. He was a triple agent. He actually did stop the assassination in Chicago. Uh, they were going to kill Kennedy on November 10th in Chicago when an informant named Lee called the Chicago FBI and made Kennedy cancel his trip there. Uh, I am in contact with Lee's girlfriend at the time, his secret girlfriend, is Judith Barry Baker, and she's confirmed a lot of these stories as well, too, and also brought a lot of this to the public. But she's uh, sort of very controversial in the assassination community. Um, I am an assassinologist. I did present at the 2018 JFK convention in Dallas, Texas presenting my movie musical called Me and Lee, which is based on Judith's, Judith's story, which proclaims Lee's, Lee's innocence. Who actually killed him? By, by most accounts, it was French Corsican mafia members 
one by the name of Jean Jean Zvrta, <laughs> J E A N S V A L T E. It, it's 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 captured really well in um Jim Mars' book A Crossfire. If you're going to read one book on the assassination, I'd recommend Jim Mars' Crossfire. M A R R S. He was a Dallas reporter, and he goes very very clearly into who actually who who was most likely did it. But apparently there were eleven gunmen on the grassy knoll, including Woody Harrelson's dad, Charles the Hitman Harrelson. So, and I've always thought, I've always thought there was a good chance there was someone in the storm drain, just because the way the bullet went up. That's something I remember from the 70s when I first started getting into this. But apparently it was definitely a French Corsican mafia member from behind the grassy knoll dressed up as a police officer. So he's a French mafia. What's his agenda? He was paid to kill. He was a, a hired gun. A, a and we don't hired. know who by you. The uh, US. Oh, oh, by the CIA. And Lyndon Johnson was definitely pulling the strings as well, too. Most notably, I did meet Oliver Stone and gave him a copy of my DVD, which was, it was, it was like a 12 second interaction. I'll never forget it. It was it was it was it was, it was at Judith's convention. And it was through Judith, who was Lee's secret, Lee's secret girlfriend, who I met Oliver Stone. It was very quick. I hopefully I'm not sure he watched it or not, but I thought for sure he was going to he was going to watch it. I haven't heard back from him, unfortunately, but I called him Oliver. And then he then, then we talked for a second. He looked at it. And then he got whisked away in this other direction. And that was about a, maybe it was a, maybe about a five second interaction with him. But he was incredibly tan for, for being the third week of November. So you, Leah Harvey Oswald's girlfriend, you seeked her out? Yeah, she, she became prominent uh, shortly after the Oliver Stone film came out, after her children had all grown up and left the house because she wanted to protect them. So when they'd grown up and left the house, she came forward with her story. She was Lee Oswald's secret girlfriend in 1963. It had to be secret because they were both married. Lee, of course, was married to Marina. And Judith was married to this, you know, kind of frat boy kind of guy named, named Robert Baker. And, and of course, even, when, even if you're having an affair in modern days, you keep it on the down low. But especially in those days, also people just didn't have phones. and why, why is no picture of her and Lee together? Because A, they were having an affair. And B, people just didn't have cameras all over the place like like they do now and it was a secret thing it only lasted about two or three months as well not to mention they were both working for the government she was recruited by the government to be part of this biological weapons program in order to take biological weapons uh, i'm sorry in order to take cancer cells and make them as strong as possible to create a biological weapon uh in order to get rid of castro so she so so they brought in patriotic young high school students she was a high school student at the time and then early college and was told she was be given a college uh, scholarship to Tulane University per her work on the project, which she did. But then when they tested the biological weapon on a uh, prisoner in order to see if it worked, she said, you know, this is unethical. This is this is not what she signed up for. And then they threw her out of the project. And so she had a she left town. She had to change her name, keep a low profile for about 30 years, a super low profile. And they were looking for her as well, too. And then she came out in the early 90s with her story. Her book came out on Trine Day Books. And so I, I bought her book and then this word became known that she was e easily accessible on Facebook. Like, what? So I, I messaged her on Facebook. She wrote me back and I said, you know, Judith, you know, I really, I, your, your story is, is it's it, not, not only is it fascinating from a political point of view, also just the love story of it. It's, it's the most beautiful story. It's such a beautiful step. I'd like to turn this into a musical. That's what I do. I, I take things and I turn them into musicals. Do I have your permission? She said she does. I worked on it for about a year. Were you expecting her to reply? I was hoping she, I, everyone I write to, I hope, I hope replies. <laughs> but you I, know I what it's you, like, you know. I was glad you replied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Replied. But this is a sensitive thing, isn't it? She would, yeah. uh, yeah. You know. But, but, you know, I'm on the level, I can't tell you. 
Yeah. And so I wrote to her about a year later. And I said, Judith, just, just letting you know, the musical's coming along really well. Um, I wanted to let you know. And she writes me back, one of the things where a message comes in at the same time as your message, she goes, I'm in New York, meaning her, meaning Judith. She's, in she New York. she's American, yeah? She's from America. She's from Florida originally. She goes, oh. I'm in New York for some sort of interview thing. Come and see me. I'm like, what? She goes, I'm in Queens. I dropped everything. I went to see her at this horrible Holiday Inn motel. It was, it was a really low-end motel. She doesn't have any money at all. She lost her career and everything. I showed her what I was working on, where I was up to at that point. She made a lot of corrections in it. Uh, she said, she said Let, let's sign a paper. You can officially be the, you know, uh, I'll give you official permission to use this as a musical. Uh, work on it for another year. I worked on it for another year. I go, Judith, I think I'm done. She says, great. She came and stayed with us, me and my wife here in our apartment here in New York really? uh, for a week. We had the whole cast sit around the kitchen table, which is which, which I'm at right now. And then we had the night of the performance. We, we did it. It was me and a cast. I was playing Lee Oswald in the play because I had this age-appropriate 23-year-old, but he dropped out. You know how these Gen Zers are, right? <laughs> so I'm 50 years old playing a 23-year-old. That'd be you can pull it off because of your routine. Years, that's your 25 years right there from the previous thing. Mm. And also I, I had, a, I had a, the, the girl who played Judith was also in her 30s. So at least we looked, we looked similar. Mm. It, wasn't, it wasn't like she was 25, right? So, so we, we, looked, we looked comparable. She was in the audience, and then she came up and talked afterwards. I do a video of that. I, I can send that to you if you haven't seen it. And she addressed questions in the audience, and she's still around. She sends me fifty dollars for Christmas each year as wow. a Christmas gift, which I which I appreciate. This woman put her life on the line for what she believed in. And if we could all just have these kind of passions about whatever it is, I don't care what your passion is, just just have a passion about something. Hmm. You know, is, is is what I learned from Judith. So so I did make a movie. I did make a movie musical about it. It's called Me and Lee the Musical. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I'll send. I'll send it. You can find it pretty easily. And well, so it's actually on YouTube. The play. Yeah, it's it, oh, we, amazing. We, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, it's an hour and a half long, so make sure, make sure your son is in bed or, or bring some snacks. Let it go. She must have her reasons. What was that all about? Quiet, Jeffke. He'll explain everything later. What have I gotten myself into here? Why did I even come to New Orleans? Dr. Sherman won't talk to me. These lunatics are going off about killing the president, and my fiance won't write me. And I'm falling in love with the guy I just met who beats his wife. Yeah, I'm having a real good time. At first, when you said, pardon me, I beg of your pardon, mister. Pardon me, pardon me. Pardon me. Then, when you said, come with me, you know that I did persist. Pardon me, yes, sirree, pardon me. All this, this time. Right, I might call this episode being about who killed JFK because that's so amazing. But why are you into this so much? Is just something that just sparks your imagination? or Well, because. I'm not going to say any politician is perfect because that's just, that's just no no per, no person is perfect. Even you know gurus or Gandhi or you know Martin Luther King, even they're not perfect people either, and, and they'd be the first to say that. But John F. Kennedy and his brother Robert F. Kennedy would have been a marked difference in how, especially especially the, especially the, the, the way they were changing. They were changing and growing as the '60s was changing and growing. You know, as people became more conscious of of the earth, so were they. They, 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 they were they were growing w with the people and it just it really would have been a, we could have had a very different world 
And that's why they were taken out. It was, wouldn't have taken them out, both of them, Robert and John. And essentially Teddy as well, too. They, they took him out in a different way. Do mm. check out Mean... This is just all, all the listeners out there yep. and viewers. Go to YouTube, YouTubers, and check out Me and Lee, the musical. I'll me put the Lee. link in the description. Yeah, put the link in the description. Link, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was a sidewalk. I was a sidewalk guy forever. Was, yeah, that's was, the thing. I said it on email, right? You're the greatest sidewalk performer I've seen. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I love I love the art of songwriting. And I don't like doing dumb stuff. You know, I, I know a lot, although my, well, my new song is a little dumb, but um, the Get Out of Town song, I don't know if you saw the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get yeah, into that. that then. Okay. No pun intended and nobody got hurt. That bridge was bended, but you just keep on coming round, you fucking jerk. Get out of town. Jerk. Get out of town, you fucking jerk. It's gonna be alright. So, who is the jerk? Get out of town, you oh, fucking jerk. Who is I, this jerk? I, I, I can't say, is that okay? Because he, he, might, he, might, he might kill me, is that alright? Okay. Let's talk about the pronunciation of fucking in the song. Okay. So, is that a deliberate. You're going, get out of town, you fucking jerk. Are you trying to delete the you? Oh, no. It's just, um, no, not not at all. I, on the title of the song, I do F you, you know, asterisk, dollar sign, whatever, because I don't want to write uh, fucking on YouTube or whatever, because they might, they might censor it, you know, whatever. Also, you know, just, I, I thought it was just be a little safer that way. But no, it's just, I'm just, I'm just really, uh, I'm just trying to be dramatic. You fucking jerk, right? You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's just, yeah, no, I, I had no problem say, saying, saying the word. In fact, I've never used a curse word in a song before. Right. But, but uh, a friend of mine counted and he said, I, I dropped 14 F-bombs in that song. Yeah. He counted. And then well, I it's big. It. And then why is it like it's going to be all right? Why do oh, you follow it with that? Because. Is that to yourself? Well, it's thank you for thank you for actually listening at, at that level. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then it goes so sad and lonely. I want to know. Yeah. Because, because okay. Whoever, whoever the, the, said, the said fucking jerk. Is mm. someone who I'm connected with, and I don't want him out of my life. You don't. I want it to, no, I want it to be all right. I want us all to, to get together. And now I'm sad and lonely that you know I've, in theory, alienated him by telling him to, to fuck off 14 times. In one so you song. love this person, or you I don't, like? I him. have to. Right. I have to. Because like, know, what's interesting for me about songwriting is that you take advantage of an almost an irrational emotional reaction, and you write the song. But then later you don't feel that way anymore and you certainly don't want to be held to account by yourself but it's almost like you're manipulating your own feelings this is just my perspective but i feel like this is more complicated than this song with you there's someone that's not just a jerk like who curses at you in the street some guy you know with his ass hanging out of his jeans this is someone that's in you know in your life probably forever yes right right, right. do you feel that's the same for you in that you write the song in in sort of a manipulation of some your reaction it, it, it is a good way to get i think a lot of songwriters especially uh post singer songwriter era of the 70s and especially into like you know now with everyone's everyone's just putting their feel they're using their songs as, as psychology sessions or, or yeah or, totally healthy it just it just makes for a little boring of an open mic night sometimes when, when people are using their their craft uh 
as a therapy session. But how did you manage the sidewalk thing then? Because I wasn't kind of quirky and or ironic enough when I first went to that open mic in 2007. Because yeah. people doing this song about the dick or something. Or... <laughs> oh, that, that, was, that was a lot of like the potty mouth stuff. I, I'm not going to name names or whatever, but there was definitely a, a, a potty mouth contingent of the open of the anti-folk scene. Even though originally anti-folk originally started off as a cross between Sex Pistols and Bob Dylan, folk punk was sort of mm. what anti-folk was. Mm. Um, so sort of, but it's, it's, like, it's a very wide thing. But then uh, around 2000 or so, a contingent came in that was very potty mouthed, and they thought like that was being edgy, and I just thought it was just being stupid. Mm. And 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 that contingent that contingent actually gained a, a pretty big following, and some of them are still making livings off off of doing that. Uh, it's not for me. And and like I said, I've never even dropped the F-bomb until this most recent song. What's your, what is the best milkshake flavor? Is that even worth asking? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, vanilla. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, it, 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 you know, I do, there are a lot of non-dairy alternatives to your milkshakes these days. You know, mm. Obviously, oat milk. So you're milk. vegan? Y yes. Which specific human is most responsible for the state of the world? Oh, um, you're good at answering these questions as well, by the way, because they're quite curveball-y, aren't they? It's yeah, like, they are. Let me think about that for 20 minutes and is you are just answering them. As far as like the, problem, the problems in the world or the good things in the world? It depends how you feel the world is, yeah. the state you think the world uh, is in. I think, I think okay, I'm, I'm going to get a little, little esoteric on you. For Go for it. Go for we're it. All, we're all as one. We're all responsible for everything. Right. So the, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Go cross Abbey Road. Yeah. The end. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be in 1969? I was born in 1969, so probably probably right. not. Because I'd just be like running around the house. house <laughs> <laughs> Are you born in 1969? That's cool. So your yeah. ex. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you feel about millennials? Z. Z I've heard you say this. They're they're such the smartest <laughs> of them are are because I work in a food. I volunteer at a food co-op. Mm. So as a result of that, I get to associate with folks a lot younger than I am and some folks a little bit older not that many older anymore but you know that, that's what can you do it's just but you have that. a young soul and I do you, I do you and, have and a I, positive kind of a constructive ideology don't you you I, know I, I, I live in this neighborhood called Bushwick Brooklyn maybe you've heard of it. it's called yeah Bushwick. yeah it's it's very young it's very mm. very young mm. my, my neighbors are 10 years younger than my daughter is it's just embarrassing for all of us but this I, shit doesn't matter man you know that oh You're, I know, you know I know but it's just uh, of course, of course. I'm just putting it out there, though. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I really appreciate the young folks as well. Um, I learn a lot from them, for sure. Mm. Uh, I think they behave very maturely. I think, remember, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, their maturational age. They, unfortunately, do have, maybe maybe we all did when we were 20. Their, their lifestyle choices uh, are questionable. The things such as the whole uh, getting your food delivered and not cooking yourself in your kitchen, having having to have your coffee delivered. It's just, it's just embarrassingly... Uh, they're embarrassing. Sometimes they're embarrassingly not self-sufficient in that way. Yeah. Um, I used to deliver fish and chips for Tea and Sympathy. You know that place? I the do. English I'm, place? Yeah. You must have got a job. They, they must have loved to have you working there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of. But the, <laughs> yeah, these sort of NYU girls, you start to do go, oh, hi, because usually they don't even want to look at the person that's delivering the food. But, you know, I'm like a white English guy of an accent or whatever. Yeah, you so come was, true. Yeah, it was weird. But I used to like that job because I was on a moped going around Manhattan. Oh, well, you know? you're the real deal. Yeah. But no, but no health insurance. And, you know, I did have a couple of incidents, but it was fun. Like one of my simple jobs.
dandelion the song oh uh, yeah on reflection was that a good year for fashion or cooking or um the other subject yeah. the other thing the other things well i've i've not thought about i've not done that song in, in over since probably since 2007 or 8 maybe 9 that's so, when i was in the states yeah it's got so a great I've, hook man it's gonna you. be a good year yeah. good year yeah, uh, we have a recording of that somewhere um, on, on a, a volume two, Trackmark Family Center. Well, I guess since the year of the slides was probably, you know, 1960s and 70s, those were definitely good years for cooking, all those things. And so so for, 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 your, for your viewers who don't know, mm. this is what I did for a while. I had this band called the Trachtenberg Family Slideshow Players. And you're on Conan O'Brien. That, that, that was, yeah, we, we, had, we, had, we had this amazing run, uh, which involved uh, being on, on the Late Night with Conan O'Brien as the first unsigned musical act in the history of late night television. We were the first act to get on late night television without the result. Yes. Of, uh, I mean, that in itself is a huge achievement. He, when he held up our CD, it was a CD that we that I, I cut the cover out of with scissors, but then I yeah. made the copy to the copy store and, and on paper and put, slipped it in the thing. My next guests are a uh, unique family act who purchased vintage slides from random estate sales and thrift shops and make up songs about the people in them. That's right. They're performing on January 4th at New York's Sidewalk Cafe and every Tuesday in January at Galapagos in Brooklyn. You can also pick up their self-titled CD, Trachtenberg Family Slideshow Players, Volume 1. Please welcome the Trachtenberg Family Slideshow Players. But fair play to him. Yeah, Is he and, responsible and for that? He liked you. His staff, his, his staff was. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he obviously, you know, Hosts don't even know who the acts are going to be till they come into the. Oh market. really? But he's yeah. a good guy. It seems like. Yeah, know, you know. he was really nice, and he 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 was he talked to us, treated us with a lot of respect, even though we were not we were not the usual act who, who came in there for sure. Definitely a little a little sloppier for sure. Uh, it was the first time I was ever on television ever. I never. Been and how did you feel? What happened for well, you? I I was I was not prepared because I didn't know whether to look at the camera or the audience. So mm. for example, I'm playing to the audience of fifty instead of playing to the camera of. 10 million or whatever. And you're playing the piano audience. and you're facing the side, aren't you? I've seen it. I'm, on the, I'm looking at the wrong direction the whole time. Yeah. It's just ah. like, oh my God. What am I, I don't know if you should be looking at the camera, should you? Uh, at least acknowledge it. I just didn't, I just, I, I, I didn't really understand the, 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 the 20, 60, 60 thing or, or, or no, what is it? It's, it's 60, 20, 20. Oh, whole... you're supposed to do both. Yeah. Is that yeah, what it is? Okay. Sort of thing. It's, it's all, it's, that's why they all, it's, you're trained to do it. And I've picked up on, on all the techniques and stuff. Ah. Um, how to, how to throw something here, how to put something there, you know, just, just, just these, these things. I, I didn't know it all at the time. Mm. Um, I was really nervous and you only get one shot. Yeah. Screw it up. That's it. You had um, a stomach ache or you hadn't was, eaten or you needed oh, no, a coffee. I, Cause you know, what it's like before you play the anxiety is there, isn't it? I was just nervous. I was going to mess up. Cause it's just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best musician. That's the thing. Uh, and there's, there's yeah, you can play piano and guitar and sing. But, but, 
guitar is easier than piano because you really can't really mess it up. You can't flub it. On hmm. piano, one because you no know, guitar you can be off a little bit and still hit the note. Piano, you're off a little bit, you, you flub it completely. And, yeah. and, and we got through the song. I was really kind of overwhelmed with the moment because, you know, first off, I was thinking, well, I've done open mics for 10 years and I've earned the right to be on this late night TV show. So I went in with, with a little bit of, you know, a little pompousness, which I, which I've certainly been, been, been knocked back down a million times since then. So that wouldn't have, that won't happen again. You know, I'll be much more thankful. I thought we deserve this because, you know, we've paid our dues, the open mics for the last 10 years, which in my case previously was 1990 to 2000. Now I've been doing open mics again since from 2008 until you know, till tomorrow or whatever, right? Mm, you know, I still mm. do. I still do two or three open mics a week. Um, mm. Yeah. When, when, when we, do you when really? We, Where are they now? Yeah, so I... mostly in the East Village in Bushwick. Um, this is one in the East Village at this place called the KGB Bar. Maybe you remember that place. It's on mm -hmm. uh, in the Crane Theater. So that's a really fun one. It's mostly a poetry open mic. There's a fun open mic that's kind of the extension of the sidewalk scene at a place called Bar Frida. Okay. That people really like. It's in Bushwick, Ridgewood. You know, Ridgewood's right connected to Bushwick, right? And uh, I did a comedy open mic because uh, I like to do comedy open mics maybe once every two or three years just to just try out these jokes, you know, no, without any. But that's scary, man. How do you do that? You just, plan I, the material? Of, of course, of course. I have these jokes. I have the jokes planned out. Now, I just want to do every possible genre in every possible art form. I'm working wow. on my third musical right now as well, too, which is based on Dostoevsky and Pushkin and Dostoevsky's second wife and, and the Pushkin duel where he dies. And so I've already, the songs are already done for that. So it's a matter of just putting the words from the literature into the songs. And I thought, oh, I'll have a Russian band because everyone's so into Russia these days, right? So I, I, do, I do popular subjects and also incorporating the Russian ballet arts as well too. So that, that's my latest project. I, I am a um, a very beginner. I'll, I've been at it for about a year and a half. I've been taking adult ballet lessons uh, here in New York. I'm not very good, uh, but, but just by default, I'll always at least be the third worst guy in the class. Music for me is quite medicinal. So, you know, I like the Beatles and Bruce Springsteen and that. What are your go-tos that you rely on, like, really? And it might okay, not be ready? cool, you know? No, it's not cool. It's not right. cool. Billy Joel. Okay. Whoa. Like, well, I, I just thought the internet just, just fall apart there. No, I, I love Billy Joel. Everything up to Innocent Man, 83. I think after after that... Is that uh, the rockabilly one with Uptown yeah. Girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Untouchable untouchable the funny thing the irony but that's what he plays isn't it that's his the theatrical piano stuff is what he yes yes yeah. he's wonderful and after that he was a pop star you know yeah. it, so that album's like his born in the usa isn't it, or, it, it yeah same yeah. era as well too then of course he has stuff like um allentown is, is wonderful then like all the love songs like honesty just the way you are um and then like stuff like my life you know his his, his the stuff from the stranger um vienna i mean he, he he's written he's written 40 important songs mm. and that's all you can, as has Bruce Springsteen, you know, yeah. Elton John's written 15, Tom's Tom Petty's written five. Yeah. As far as, as far as important songs, you know, Leonard Cohen's written two, you know, Bob, Bob Dylan's written 50. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting these numbers. Are these there. your guys? Or... Uh, oh, okay. Oh, so who are my guys? I'm sorry. So yeah. Billy Joel, the Beatles, the Beatles, of course. <laughs> um, I like stuff like Gordon Lightfoot, these right. songwriters. I like because uh, your music's very sixties and seventies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Gu guilty as charged. I mean, it has to be though, doesn't it? It has to be. Actually, I, I, I love Bob Dylan, even the new stuff. He has a he has that song about the JFK assassination. Oh, but it's incredible. The new stuff. The new stuff Murder incredible. most foul. He, he, uh, yes, murder most foul. Good, 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 good call. I would, I would have forgotten the title. And he's he's yeah he's he's so he's so good. Mm. Um, and who else? I think for new bands, by, by, by new bands, I mean anything after nineteen eighty two. I think REM. 
is is I like, I like as far as the younger bands i like rem a bunch uh, <laughs> they, they put up some good stuff so these uh, are the go-to's for you yeah, when you're walking the, the dogs and stuff but, and like yeah, when you're yeah. trying to clear your head yeah but then, then i go back a little bit further um the great american songbook cole mm. porter irving berlin george gershwin frank sinatra's interpretations of, of all of these as well too mm -hmm. So, so uh, the good old, the good old stuff, the, the fine old kegs, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sinatra is unstoppable. I, th I think Sinatra is number one. I, I got to see him in concert, amazingly, in 1990. Did you? Yeah, it was. Where? Uh, it was in Madison Square Garden. I was 20 or 21 years old. I went with my friend Vito. He was a good guy to go to the Frank Sinatra concert with. Sounds was, like 1990. Sounds like yeah. Goodfellas. He was. And he, he, I went he, with Vito to see I went Sinatra. With Vito, went to go see Sinatra, right? <laughs> and we we scalped tickets that were on the floor. Liza Minnelli opened up and Stephen Eady uh, opened up for Liza Minnelli. And so I remember Sinatra was looking right at me, right? He looked right at me. And, and He's got to look somewhere. He might have been. Yeah, no, actually, what, what that is, that's a reference to um, when Bob Dylan saw Buddy Holly. And Bob Dylan claims that Buddy Holly looked right at him. And as a, as a result of that, he was able to take this energy and the spirit, you know, obviously after Buddy Holly died, to, to mm. haunt, to, to, he carried it with him his whole career. That's a famous Bob Dylan story. So, so I say Sinatra. But can I just ask you while we're on that, where do you look when you're performing? Because that's difficult. Oh, it's it's easy. 60, 20, 20. 60, oh, like the camera? 20, 20. Well, the, the, the audience, the audience, or the, you know, if, if it's the, the audience, right? 60, 20, oh. 20, 60. And if you don't want to make eye contact with people because it's, uh, if you get unnerved, just look at their foreheads and mm. you can't tell that they're not looking at their eyes. Yeah, that's also, good advice. The other thing that's very important is wear really good shoes because if you're on stage, the eye level is at the, is at the foot level. So, so wear, wear quality footwear. Yeah. Um, something Kurt Cobain would never do. You know? No. Chuck Taylors are bust. Yeah, so, um, that's too and bland. That, and that's it for that subject. Okay. Who good. is, in your view, the greatest unknown musical artist you've encountered? Could be an open mic, could be, you know, a concert. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about open mics, uh, especially in New York is at least once in a while, you'll see, I, I just saw this gal at the KGB bar, I don't, I don't know her name. And uh, it was the most brilliant song I'd ever heard, it was on piano. And then then, then I, I friended her on Instagram and I didn't like any of her other songs. So, so I don't really oh, know okay. So uh. yeah, general, generally the, the best songs you'll ever see at open mic nights, we just, you gotta stay till the end. I guess and it's at someone, because I've met people that I still follow. For, that's yeah. one of the good things about the internet, I think. That you're able to keep following these people, yeah. you know, invent yeah. their various guises or band names. Yeah. Um, is there anyone that you met in Seattle or Philadelphia yeah. way back that's is still an influence or that's there's, not? There's this guy. Um, there's a couple of songwriters in Seattle who I love. One's named Gavin Gus, mm. and one's named Rob Benson with two Bs. And these guys are as good as the Beatles. And 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 I hope hopefully they'll hear this because I, I know they. I'm sure that they they can use a little. Uh, encouragement yeah gavin gus and rob benson are as good as the beatles and there are these two seattle guys who are both working jobs i'm sure they're, they're brilliant songwriters and I, I remember i had this demo from rob benson his band's called the dear john letters i liked it as much as revolver you know yeah no i have people like that as well yeah not as much as abbey road no those are probably my two guys um a lot of the acts who i thought were better than there was this one gal nelly mckay but she actually became pretty famous Mm. Uh, but I, I thought she, I thought she was spectacular, but but she she's she's um she she's she's big time now, so that that doesn't count. Okay, yeah, once they've made it, that's not fair. What is it still about New York City? Because you're still there and you've moved around. Well, 
uh, I like not having to have a, uh, a car. I like being able to, to get around on the subway. Even last night I was getting around on the subway. On the same. Uh, stuck in traffic. I can't but live like, in a city where you need a car. Yeah, I just, especially, I can't even imagine London must be imposterous with a car. How are you going get, to get across Abbey Road? Well, we have this thing, uh, the congestion charge, which is getting more and more expensive. It costs like $25 or something to drive in. Sure. Further sure. than here. And I yeah, think it's, it's a good idea. Get rid of the cars. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, we also, my wife and I are really fortunate that we have extremely low rent. I don't, I don't mean our artistic standards are low rent. I mean, our, our actual... <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was, I no, say no, yeah. I go with it, or it's a, a comic mind work. Ah, just go for it. You know, what I really love about New York, it's it's you can do the struggle here for so cheap. Um, you, in other words, I can't imagine doing the struggle in London or the struggle in LA, the other two, you know, entertainment capitals of the world. I think I've, I've never been to Tokyo, but they, they say that one is too. Um, on as cheap as you can in New York, you can survive in this town for nothing. I, I've learned how to do it. I, I've, I've learned. Uh, I volunteered as a vegan. Especially as a vegan, really? I, I volunteer at a food co-op, uh, right. so I basically could get groceries that are, you know, the highest that, that are higher quality than, than anything you can imagine, for che cheaper than people are paying at the dollar store for whatever the lowest end grocery store, you know, whatever Seven Elevens, whatever whatever the crappy stores are. Yeah, so uh, so I didn't make it. Most people leave, man. Most people leave New York. The last question is: What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um. But you know, my, my, my father uh, taught me a lot of things I, I need to forget. But two of the things he taught me that, that <laughs> one thing that was very important was he said there's gonna be a lot of ups and downs. There's gonna be a lot of ups and downs in show business. My dad taught me that when he when he when he heard that I was gonna take this seriously, there's gonna be ups and downs. And as an extension of that, he didn't say this, but I would also say, uh, don't personalize things and and breathing. Just you just just breathe. That's really good advice too. I read it every day. In for five seconds, mm. out for five seconds. And uh, if I did that more, you know, I think that, that would really help too. Um, I don't drink coffee. I know, you, I know you didn't ask that. No, but <laughs> no, 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 no. Because it is powerful and I don't think people realize that we're in the age of anxiety and I don't think the coffee helps. And I'm as bad as anyone. I have three oh, cups a day. Yeah. No, once I gave up that, I just do green tea and black tea. Mm. Uh, and when, that was a changer. Also, I have this steady stream of energy throughout the day that I know there's no ups and downs uh, that, that the coffee brings. So that, that, that would be that. I know that was not the question you asked. Um, no, but, but the best advice you've had then is breathe. There's yeah. don't take things personally. Ups and downs in show business. And the best advice I could give in return is kick the coffee if you can somehow do it. It's, it it'll really make everything a lot better. If you can somehow, I know it's hard. And I would love to do it too. I'd, I'd love to have a cheeseburger right now. You know, I'd love to be doing all kinds of horrible things I, I can't even mention, you know, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to, uh, mm. I'm not going to do those things or mention them. So you can just guess what they are, but, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. And, and let me just get this right. Is it Steve or Stev? It's Steve. Okay. It's Steve. I'm trying to make myself more interesting. <laughs> First off, I, th I think, I think you're doing just fine. Uh, Thanks. One. And, and you, you do a really good, the back and forth was, was wonderful. I, I, I do. I enjoy it from my perspective, perspective because who doesn't like talking about themselves? Not to mention the Kennedy assassination. I could talk about this all day long. Uh, and who like doesn't like, you know, talking about promoting their music and all this fun stuff, you know. No, but you are interesting and a great guest. So that, I'm thankful you. to you. I, I want to spread. I, I want to have a good time with it. And if, if, hopefully your listeners uh, will, will, will enjoy this as well, too. Stev, I'll see you soon. Uh, I'll write yes. you on the email. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. Amazing. Take Thank care. You. Thank you. Bonjour. Bye.
Bila 